Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week we're turning up the heat. Just like temperatures during the Arkansas summer, there are some factors that can bring the heat to your retirement plans. What are those factors and what you should do to beat the heat on this week's Get Ready for the Future show that starts right now. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. All across the state of Arkansas, welcome in on another Saturday morning to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along for the next hour. Our mission is to bring you education, encouragement, and motivation for your financial future. And we've got that today as we talk about ways to beat the heat. What brings the heat to your retirement? Some factors that you maybe haven't considered before and some things you can do, some action steps for you today to beat the heat. And wouldn't you know it, as we create a theme of beat the heat in this final weekend of July in Arkansas, that we just came out of one of the coolest stretches yeah. <laughs> that you'll find in Arkansas. It's been it ha- downright pleasant this so, week. So there are ways to beat yeah. the heat. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I want to count front. on it. Yeah, you don't count on a cold front. If you're right. counting on retirement bringing you a cold front. <laughs> it's uh, like winning the lottery. Yeah. The odds are against it. <laughs> yeah, but it has been pleasant. We know it's creeping back. We're entering the dog days of summer, as they say. And have you ever wondered where that phrase came from? We're, we're, we're curious people. I, I've always thought it was because my dog got lazy in the heat and just kind of laid around. I <laughs> it's been around longer than that. Yeah, yeah just probably a little has. bit longer than that. <laughs> Janet, you want to talk about it? Well, I, I just know that it is some reference to Sirius, yep. which is also known as the Dog Star, and the location of, of where that is during this time of the year. And mm-hmm. it happens to coincide with seriously hot days most of uh, most years. This year, we got a little bit of a break, but happens to coincide with a lot of heat and has become known as the dog days of summer. Yeah, when you say it goes back a little ways, we're talking Greek and Roman astrology. Yeah, that, way we're, back. We're talking ancient times, and it did coincide with the, where the stars aligned, and that time of year uh, was connected with heat, drought, sudden thunderstorms, lethargy. So there's your dog reference. That's, yep. that's, your, that's your dog in the backyard. Fever, yep. mad dogs, and bad luck. Wow. It's not a good time. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I'm amazed by the the repertoire of useless information that you continue to have in your brain. It wasn't it, useless. <laughs> you just saw me use it. Therefore, yes. it is not well, useless. Okay. <laughs> Semi-useless. How about that? Yeah. Chad Roller with us, by the way, too, if you want to talk. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Now, it, it, listen, it, I, it, dog days of summer, whatever it is, we know that more heat is around the corner for us here yes. in Arkansas in humidity. So. We know it's coming, but uh, but you got to find some way to beat it. Now you you have uh, a, a unique experience with some heat as of late, do you not, Scott? <laughs> Scott? Yeah. So here's the thing. This is the way the marketing works at GenWealth. You you get an email uh, from someone on the team that says, "Hey, would you like to do this uh, beat? The, it's not beat the heat. It's the hot ones challenge. The hot ones challenge." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, sure, why not?" And they and and in 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 marketing's defense, they did provide me with a link to show me what it was going to look like. I just was too busy to click on the link. Oh, and look at it. Okay. learn a lesson, did you? So yeah. I said yes before watching what this thing really was. And anybody who knows anything about it, and I don't really know how you would find out. I don't think it airs on any kind of broadcast network. It's one of these. No, it's a social media. It's a, a social media only phenomenon. You have to phenomenon. be a younger person than we are. Is that what you're saying? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> and have more time to look around on it, I guess. Yeah. But the, so the Hot Ones Challenge is basically uh, this guy, I don't even know his name, he interviews celebrities on a routine basis, and while he does the interview, he lines up hot wings, basically, or chicken wings, like you'd get at a restaurant, and has a collection of hot sauces that range from kind of hot to a lot of hot on this Scoville scale as they register, uh, and basically walks him up stair-step-wise from from the mildest to the hottest while he's doing the interview. So the celebrity, and he eats them too. The interviewer does it and the interviewee does it. So you're eating hot sauce and trying to focus. So that's what we did. We actually sat down, Shannon Wood and I, Shannon interviewed me. I guess I'm the quasi-celebrity around here, right? Well, you so, are the Scott Inman. The so. Scott Inman. So he, he lines me up. We sit right in these chairs in the radio room, which by the way, you might want to watch where you step. 
Um, the no, it's been cleaned. Uh, anyway, so they they set, had this whole setup for us, and we did this. I don't know, 10, 15 minute interview, and ate hot wings, or we actually did chicken strips, and with hot sauce on it. And uh, Abby, your daughter, actually found the hot sauce. And yep. They had some very unusual and interesting names. See, this is very, very revealing because it, first of all, reveals that Scott is a fairly new member of the team. <laughs> he that, said yes to marketing yeah. without yes, checking that gets details. sucked in on, on a marketing deal <laughs> that he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Uh-huh. So uh, you and I As are, my mom says, that'll learn you, darn you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you and I are smarter than that. We've That's been down right. this road before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So how did this go? It went. It was a lot of fun, actually. I mean, yeah. it was hot. There's no question. And we did we did five sauces, so we didn't do as many as they do on the because uh, they're like thirty minute interviews on on the uh, on the on the actual hot ones challenge. But we did five uh, hot sauces, and Shannon was a rock for the first four. He did better than I did on the first four, and and, and I did okay, but I was reaching for milk, and you know, I was. He I said was, he didn't even drink anything. No, on the he first was, four. and I don't know Just, why. I don't know what he yeah. was waiting on. We had a whole gallon, and that was all mine. <laughs> um, I asked him at one point in the video, "Did you bring yours? You know, do you have a gallon for you?" But uh, when he, where you reached the fifth one, we both uh, kind of went over the edge, yeah, and, and he really went over the edge. <laughs> so uh, if you're out there listening and yeah. you are not yet following us on social media, yeah. now is the time scott yeah. how do they do that yeah i think the, the <laughs> best place to find this is going to be go to our facebook page if you haven't liked our facebook page do that because you'll get all kinds of interesting videos popping up in your news feed. <laughs> some but, of them will actually help you with your finances some yes. of them will just entertain you like this one that's right <laughs> well, see, now I'm, I'm curious did you guys talk finance while you were doing this a little bit yeah okay. yeah right. and i so, was fairly coherent for most of it <laughs> yeah. yes uh it, the, the last question he asked me and i and i got sidetracked and didn't answer it and then I asked him again what was the question and he, and he said I don't remember <laughs> so we, we got a little lack of focus at the end because it's hard I mean it's really kind of hard to think when your mouth is on fire and maybe your whole head well and I think it's also very instructive in this conversation today that yes. Chad Roller is saying absolutely nothing over here <laughs> for fear of getting sucked into this deal hey I, I am out on the hot hot now I like things that's got a little spice to them but it gets to a point where it's just not not enjoyable no I mean, and and that's what saved me really because usually if you eat a meal that's like that or even anywhere near that you've you're continually putting bite after bite in your mouth and it's building and built this we had one bite and we got to stop and then we did four more and that was it you know so i think that was really what saved you, uh-huh. you, didn't, you didn't consume a lot of it if i get past the salsa at the restaurant you know i'm, I'm pretty done after that <laughs> relatively so. mild salsa yes, at the relatively restaurant. Mild salsa. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, i knew not to get involved in this deal but it is going to be fun <laughs> go to our facebook page that's uh, facebook.com forward slash Genwealth, and uh, also on our Twitter feed, at GenWealthFA, you can uh, check these videos out, Shannon Wood and, and Scott Inman, uh, mm-hmm. doing the uh, the Hot, Hot Ones, Ones challenge. challenge or interview. I don't even know what it's yeah. called. Hot it, Ones something. Yeah, but it's fun. It, and it, we did it all uh, for the team. We took it for the team. Uh, and I was a little miffed that we got great value ice cream instead of Bluebell, though. I thought we could well, have wanted for Bluebell. They wanted we to were... make sure it hadn't been licked yet. Wait, but I didn't know about the ice cream. I didn't know about the ice cream. I may, may have got a junk. Yeah, that I mean, was there's some things worth it. Yeah. Wow. Well, we did it in the name of uh, the theme of today's show, Beat the Heat. Uh, we're into the dog days of an Arkansas summer, and there are things that can bring the heat in your retirement. We're going to talk about what those factors are and some action steps for you to beat the heat so you can have a better retirement. And one of the things we're going to talk about right off the bat on the other side of this break, John, is is the markets. The markets can bring the heat in your retirement. It, it, they certainly can. And folks that are bringing the heat right now is our research team at LPL Financial, led by Ryan Dietrich and John Lynch. They're doing a great job navigating around the markets. And Ryan's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes to talk a little bit about uh, as we step into some uncertainty in the markets with uh, the economy continuing to chug along, the Fed may be cutting interest rates, the trade deal still being up the air. What is Ryan Dietrich's take on all of that? We've got that coming up as well. And that is on the other side of the break, our interview with Ryan Dietrich, and then some more roadblocks, some more things that can bring the heat to your retirement and action steps to beat the heat as the Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. Do you worry about retiring? How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? 
Hi, I'm Scott Inman for Genwell Financial Advisors, and we've been helping Arkansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com, and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. John says we have Ryan Dietrich coming up on the radio show. We usually let him really get in the weeds of the investment talk and the market talk. And we're going to kind of go high level in the fastest four minutes in investing. But one of the things you're going to hear Ryan talk about is where are we going in the final uh, six months or now about five months of 2019 after we had this huge dip at the end of 2018. We've had a rip-roaring start to the first half of 2019. He's going to talk about generally how there is still some upside potential to the markets, but it's going to come with probably increased volatility. So as you look at how an investor is going to react to that, that's really where we're going to talk about in the fastest four. What should they do? Yeah, so you want to participate if there's going to be some upside, and there's likely to be some upside, but you also want to protect uh, the vol- against the volatility. And so we want to walk through where you are in life and how you need to deal with that. So if you're a beginner, if you're trying to kind of get started, you need to take opportunities of volatility as an opportunity to actually go in and buy more shares of whatever investment you're putting into. If you're putting a steady amount of money into it, if the market goes down, you get to buy more of it. And that could work out to your advantage if the markets recover and give you some long-term benefit. Don't fear the volatility if you are younger. Now, Scott, if you are an accumulator and you've gotten some money, this is when these volatile spurts really can be discouraging because you get to a certain point and then all of a sudden it goes away. You get to a certain point and all of a sudden it goes back and it feels like this yo-yo effect and you don't feel like you're really getting anywhere. So I think that a stair-step approach to controlling that volatility might be good to look at. The first thing would be to maybe change your stock exposure to lower volatility stocks, things that are always going to be around that that you know that people like, you know, for instance, a, a paper company is a defensive uh, type of company to own because people always need paper, regardless of what's going on in the economy. Uh, one thing is true, uh, the, our economy is going to use paper. And so paper companies are kind of that uh, typical defensive stock as an example. So uh, not that we're recommending any particular paper company or anything, but that it would be a defensive move. Now, the next move that you might want to do is get to higher quality bonds. Some people invest in lower quality bonds to get higher yields. You might want to go high quality if the volatility begins to pick up. And then as a last resort, maybe put some more cash on the table waiting on that volatility to hit bottom so you can deploy that cash back into your portfolio. So it sounds like what we're talking about here is not really full on risk or full off risk. You're basically just making some minor tweaks. Yeah, a lot of people think it's like a light switch. You have to turn it on or turn it off as far as risk is concerned in your portfolio. Think of it much more like a dimmer switch that you can have degrees of variance in the risk. You don't want to go all off are all on because that really throws risk into a completely different category. You're all in or you're all out. And if you're all out and the market rallies, then you've missed the upside, which is really what you want in an investment portfolio. We like to divide it kind of into new money and old money. That's kind of what we talk about. New money is the money that's going in. Volatility can be your friend with the money you're going in and purchasing shares because when it dips, you're going to get more shares. But when you've accumulated a pretty sizable lump sum, that's when it's old money. It's been there a while. It needs to be a little bit protected, but you do have to be careful about how much safety you look for. That's exactly right. You don't want a no-lose investment because a no-lose investment can put you in a position to have a Hotel California investment. You know, the whole line from Hotel California is you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. (laughs) That can be a real problem with your portfolio. If you get into a safe position, but the market rallies and you can't get out, you're stuck. You're in a black hole, basically. That's That's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing, the Get Ready for the Future show continues on the radio side right after this break. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. 
You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking about ways to beat the heat for your retirement and specifically topics or factors that can bring the heat to your retirement. And in this segment, we are joined as we are once a month on the Get Ready for the Future show by Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist for LPL Financial. And certainly the market's can bring the heat when you think about retiring uh, very soon and possibly into a market downturn somewhere around the corner. But we're going to kind of hone in as we welcome Ryan aboard on really the next five months, the rest of 2019. You know, I think it's interesting, uh, Ryan, that your team is firm in your target of 3,000 on the S&P 500, and we are essentially right there, I mean, right on the doorstep of that, and we've already touched it once. Does that mean that we should be looking at maybe selling something in the last half of the year? And if not, why? Sure. Well, first off, guys, thanks for having me back. And it's always fun every month to come on the show with everybody and talk markets. I'm honored to be back. So that's right. I mean, we are looking at one of the best starts to a year for stocks since the late 90s. Like 1997 is the best start. And we're about 20% for the year. At the start of the year, as we discussed, the LPL Research, we had a fair value target of 3000 on the S&P. A lot of different places cut their targets after the vicious fourth quarter sell-off, thinking there was a recession. We just didn't see a recession, and we hung tough there. So now, you know, it happened faster than we expected, I'll be honest, but we still thought it could happen. Now, what we wrote about in our weekly market commentary just recently, we said, you know, that's a fair value target. Believe me, it can go a little above it. It can go a little below it. Stocks rarely hang out near their fair value. I mean, the bottom line, we still think this is a bigger cyclical bull market uh, that, that has legs. Near term, though, Believe me, this is the third quarter. Third quarter historically during a pre-election year can be rocky. You know, John Lynch, our chief investment strategist, and myself, we talk a lot about markets. I mean, John is on record as saying we he wouldn't be shocked, guys, if we had a, a, almost a 10 maybe a 10% correction some point this year. Last thing I'll say on this, you look at the average year. You have four separate 5% corrections a year on average for the S&P 500. All we've had this year is one 7% correction with stocks up 20%. So do we still like this bull market? Yes. But near term, we think the things are ripe for potentially a perfectly normal, you know, seven, eight, nine, maybe even a 10% correction, which we would be buying. We can kind of get into what we'll be buying maybe in a little bit, but we absolutely will be buying that thinking the economy's still on firm footing. It's just a normal pullback in a bigger picture bull market. Ryan, part of your conviction on equities, I believe, boils down to the acronym TINA, T-I-N-A. There is no other choice. Let's unpack why research believes that stocks are our favored option above other investments right now. Well, great point there, John. So, you know, when you talk about all the investments that are out there, you know, stocks and bonds are the two most common. And when we look at, you know, bonds specifically in the United States here, we see the 10-year yield, we'll say around 2%. I mean, that's historically cheap. We just still think that stocks, even though I'm aware stocks had a big run, we think stocks are still more fairly valued than bonds here. Now, think about this. If you go back to right now, the S&P 500's forward P multiple is 17 and a half. Long term, it's around 16. So, yes, stocks are a little, uh, little pricey here uh, when you look at P multiples. But the P multiple is actually lower today than it was two years ago. So, again, think about that. I mean, it's because earnings have gone up so much. Yeah, stocks have gone up, but earnings have really gone up the last two years as well. So multiples are a little lower, and we've always said this. You have to look at things based on how inflation and rates are doing. I mean, inflation's near, you know, barely 2%. Rates are near, you know, lowest levels in a generation. And you tend to have a little higher multiples there. So even though people say stocks had a big run, they might be pricey, relative to bonds, we still think, you know, over the next 12 to 18 months, stocks will give you more outperformance uh, than bonds will. Ryan, we are certainly seeing uh, consumer spending show us some pretty strong numbers, especially in the past quarter. Uh, how, how much does the strength of that play into your thoughts on the market? Yeah, great question there. The bottom line, when you look at the overall GDP, consumer spending makes up about two-thirds of that. So clearly it's important. Now, let's get the negatives out of the way first. We have a global economy that's slowing. Data in the United States, some of the recent housing data hasn't been that great. Believe me, some of the manufacturing data across the globe has been slowing. Manufacturing is still expanding in the United States, but it's slowing. Those are the negatives. The positives, though, consumer seems we know all the headlines, right? We know all the scary headlines that are out there, trade, global slowdown, issues in Europe. Yet the U.S. consumer continues 
to uh, to spend and to show confidence. I mean, recent retail sales numbers were very good. We're going to have GDP number on Friday. We're expecting a GDP number uh, to show a, a big jump in consumer in the consumer spending part. So that's a definite positive. You know, I mean, you look back at market history when markets peak, the consumer starts to get worried and they pull back. Right, spending is such a big part of an overall economic cycle, and that we're not seeing that now. I'm aware of the flip side is people say, well, the consumer is just, you know, washing cash and spending money, putting on credit cards, and, and that's what's driving in. We really, I mean, believe me, there are people who think that. We're just not seeing that. The way we kind of combat that is the, the debt, yes, debt is higher now than it really has ever been in our country's history. The flip side, net wealth is $121 trillion in the United States, an all-time high, too. So, Debt goes up, but wealth is also going up. So that's kind of how we, we look at that. But the bottom line, the consumer, fortunately, is really showing no signs of fatigue after a 10-year economic cycle. And that's a big positive on why we think we will not have a recession you know, over the next 18 months or so, approximately. On the Get Ready for the Future show, we are visiting with senior market strategist from LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich. And Ryan has beat the heat, Scott. He has uh, traveled from, has. from uh, South Carolina, his uh, home base of operation in Fort Mill, South Carolina, out to the West Coast, where I understand that you're uh, enjoying some cooler weather like we have had in Arkansas. That's right, guys. I'm in L.A. as we speak right now in the hotel room. And, um, yeah, I was out here yesterday did some events. Today, don't tell – is this being recorded? <laughs> Today, I've got a friend. I guess I'm going to Disneyland for a couple of days. I've oh, got wow. a buddy who actually works inside LPL, and he's got some tickets. So, I don't know. John Lynch, my boss, is listening. Hopefully he doesn't hear this one. But, yeah, I'm going to go to Disneyland <laughs> for just a couple hours today, and then I've got an event later this evening. But, you know, I like to have fun when I'm on the road, too. And I know I've got another one coming up. I think it's going to be fun as well. A couple hours, you might get to ride – Two things, maybe two rides. I'm sure the, the the lines are long this time of year. Yeah, they are, but I think he's got a pass also. Oh, there you go. Big star, I'm not a I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but there's a big Star Wars thing. Yes, like, winning Rome. I'm going to check it out. I'll now. see so you, that'll be, you. That'll be fun later. Today. You you Scott will be on a plane to, to be out there with you if you have a Star Wars pass. Yeah. I, I know that. <laughs> hey, back to the market. On the plane, Scott. <laughs> Back to the markets for just a second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about trade and 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 uh, the tariff thing that's going on. The trade issue. I'm assuming you guys would love to see some clarity on what's going on with trade. Well, we absolutely would, John. The the negative part of this, and we still think we're a little ways away. I mean, the bottom line, and we've been talking about this for gee whiz, almost a year and a half now on this call. You know, we said we think it's so much for each side to lose eventually they're going to come to the drawing board and come and make some type of resolution. And, you know, just the reports this morning, and believe me, I know these can change, but they're saying, you know, uh, some of the U.S. representatives going over to Beijing on July 30th and 31st. Those are positive headlines. We're still talking. So we think sometime by the fall we can have potentially a path to resolution as it pertains to trade. But the bottom line, yes, the trade stuff is swirling. You know, we look at the U.S. GDP, we still think we can have probably two and a half, maybe 2.75 GDP growth this year. Is that great? No, it's not. But during this 10-year cycle, we've averaged 2.3%. What I'm getting at, even we've got the trade stuff swirling, weakening manufacturing, honestly, slowing economic data in the U.S., a lot of that is probably due to the trade concerns. We're still looking at potentially stronger growth than we've had on average during this 10-year cycle. So that's just something to be aware of. So let's talk a little bit about uh, gold. That's certainly something we, yeah. we we haven't talked about much on this call uh, over the over the last couple of years. But we have seen gold break through a long time barrier in terms of price. Does, does that uh, signal any kind of a warning sign for the future of the economy? Yeah, Scott, we don't think it's necessarily a warning sign. I mean, there are there have been times when gold and stocks have gone up. Specifically, you look back at the year 2003, both of them went up significantly. So you can have gold, bonds, and stocks up uh, during one year. But what's going on with gold? Gold had a, ten, a record 10-year bull market, peaked in 2011, up around approximately $1,900 an ounce, pulled all the way back. And now for seven years, gold, every time it gets up around $1,350 an ounce, seems to be beat back down. Well, gold spiked right through that last month, sliced it, you know, what kind of expression, knife with hot butter, which is how you want to see a move. And we do think, you know, gold can have some momentum. And a lot of it comes down to the U.S. dollar. Our stance at LPL Research all year has been we think the dollar could be a little weak this year. Not a major crash, but since the Fed is dovish, obviously President Trump's been talking down the dollar. And just potentially all the negative news out of Europe, they get any good news, maybe their currency strengthened a little bit, which could put some downside pressure on the dollar. 
What's that doing? Well, that potentially can be helping gold. Um, now, we like to look also at the industrial metals, specifically copper and silver, some of those things that you know people actually use versus just kind of hiding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing some strength. Silver is really starting to move, starting to outperform gold, which is what we want to see. Copper is kind of near some long-term trend lines. We'd like to see more strength out of copper and start to potentially show that. So just blindly to say that gold is breaking out to highest levels in six, seven years, we don't think that's quote-unquote bearish. And, and, gee, I should have pointed this out. But one other major reason we think people are moving into gold the headlines, $13 trillion, with the T, trillion dollars with the negative yielding sovereign debt around the globe. When you see things like that, people tend to flock to other assets, specifically kind of the precious metals. So it's an area we think could have a little bit of room to run here. Um, we're not investing in it over the top by any means, but we don't think higher gold is bearish for stocks or the global economy at this point. Speaking of debt, uh, the latest compromise on the budget obviously has averted a government shutdown, but that just uh, stacks it up for us as far as the national debt is concerned. Does that give you some pause in the domestic economy outlook? Well, yeah, John, not really at this time. I mean, we kind of expected, I mean, it's the phrase, right, kick the can. I mean, it's sadly what we, we continue to do. And it, it is, we think the market's kind of a way of looking at, okay, that's one less thing to be worried about. Had we gotten to September and we had a budget talks back and forth, we also remember August 2011 when that actually happened and we had the U.S. debt downgrade. And I think you know, Washington remembered that. So fortunately, they did, they did um, you know, find a resolution there. Um, you know, it, it in the back of our head, Yes, we're paying attention to it, but, you know, kind of like we named our mid-year outlook fundamental, how to focus on what really matters. Yeah, budget deficits matter. At the same time, following the economic data, following inflation numbers, inflation trends, and earnings, which continue to, we think, will be stronger than expected. That's what we think matters more uh, for the cycle versus, um, you know, the U.S. debt. But again, I mean, U.S. debt is $21 trillion, all-time high, again. That's concerning when we eventually have the next recession, which, again, we don't see happening for at least the next year and a half or so. That could be a worrisome sign, uh, but we're just not there yet. We've been speaking with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. As we wrap up, Ryan, we want to say a uh, quick note that we are very excited to have you coming to Little Rock on September 12th, where our clients and and other members of the community will be able to come out and, and hear you speak. Hopefully, we'll cool things off for you. Guys, I am pumped about that. I get to travel a lot, and that is one that's been circled on the calendar for a while. I cannot wait to get there, meet you, and meet your clients, and have a lot of fun. All right, Ryan Dietrich, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you again in about a month. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. We've got live events happening near you. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events for a calendar and sign up now. We're back right after these messages. We're back with more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to take a minute to say thanks to all the folks who came out to our Social Security workshop earlier this week at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. It was a big, big group of folks who came out. They fired away some Social Security questions at our team member, Stephanie Smith, who spent 27 years at the Social Security Administration, and she fired off the answers right back. We've done that presentation several times, and she's going to do it again next week. So if you're listening down in the South Arkansas area, I want to let you know you can still sign up for our Gen Wealth Academy workshop down there. Social Security is the theme, and Stephanie will be there July 30th at 6.30 at the El Dorado Events Center. You can sign up by going to GetReadyForTheFuture.com. I would say that uh, July has been the month of Social Security. We've talked an awful lot about it here on the Get Ready for the Future show, John, and we've had some really good uh, presentations and interaction at the Gen Wealth Academy workshops that have gone alongside. Absolutely, and I know that a lot of people are really concerned about Social Security. They really want to know what that's going to look like, and these workshops are providing uh, clarity and 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 really helping to build their confidence about their retirement. Of course, Social Security is the foundation of your retirement because it is a program that is available to almost everyone in the country, and it is something that we really build into your plan as you sit down with the Gen Wealth Advisor and go through the ready-to-retire process. Uh, it's a big part of that. So understanding and knowing about that and having uh, a peace of mind about the, the confidence that you've got in, in Social Security as an institution, uh, we bring some clarity to that. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's going to go broke and I'm not 
not going to get anything. Well, we kind of dispel those myths in the social mm-hmm. security workshop, help people to understand what a vital part it is to your overall retirement. Yeah. And I would point out too, if you come in for an appointment uh, with a Gen Wealth advisor, we'll always uh, use Stephanie as we can to kind of consult on your social security analysis. And you will get a social security analysis and strategy as part of that get ready to retire process. So again, Social Security Workshop in El Dorado next week, July 30th at 6.30 at the El Dorado Event Center. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com to sign up. Absolutely free to attend. Education always the focus. We do have some other events that you'll find there on the website. We're giving you August off, September, a flurry of opportunities to gain some education about your financial future. I would encourage you to check them out at our website. So today's show is about beating the heat. As we're in there entering the dog days of summer here in Arkansas, we thought a good program would be, hey, you, you want to beat the heat with air conditioning uh, in, from when it comes to weather, but how do you beat the heat in your retirement? Well, you have to identify some of the things that are going to bring the heat, and we're going to talk about that for the rest of the show. We talked with Ryan Dietrich uh, in the previous segment about the, the heat that the market put, could potentially bring to your retirement, but there are other factors. We always say your retirement is more than just investments. We are going to talk about some of those things now. And the first one on our list here is providing care for aging parents or family members. There's obviously a financial cost to that, and it goes deeper than that. But just from a financial standpoint, that can certainly bring the heat. Yeah, the the uh, provision of care for elderly parents is yeah. a big deal. The provision of care for children is a big deal as you're continuing to try to save and invest for retirement. You know, medical cost, uh, if you have a child that's sick, uh, it is incredibly yes. costly because you, you and when I say sick, I'm talking about chronically sick. You know, if you've got a lot of expenses, right. that can derail what you're trying to do for retirement. You know, you and I have both been um, at, various points uh, out of state for care for our children. And, yep. and we've both faced expenses for, uh, you know, our, our parent, our parents as they've aged and that type of thing. And that's just kind of part of it. You have to plan, but I think it's also healthy to, to be able to set limits when you can. Now, if you're looking at a life or death situation, then obviously you got to do what you got to do. But if, for example, with aging parents, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, we've actually got an extra bedroom. You could stay here. That's fine. Compared to like paying their medical bills, let insurance do what insurance is supposed to do and, and let that follow the path that it follows. You've got to be able to help but not kill your retirement at the same time. Yeah, Jen. And there's a recent study uh, that uh, the Caring Company study did. Over 1,500 employees and 300 human resource leaders looked at the cost and what it's costing the workforce. And basically, 32% of the workforce said that they've had to leave work to some degree to go out and care for a loved one. Hmm. And that's a lot of time. I mean, and you start talking about, you know, days off work, uh, distractions from work. You're not you're not basically able to fulfill your job. And even 25% said they had to basically quit. And so if you're on into those later, those higher earning years, you know, if you're in, you know, in your 50s, uh, late 40s and 50s, and you're in those max earning years, and you've got elderly parents that you've got to leave work, that can really slow down that accumulation when you're trying to accumulate those last years in retirement. Yeah, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But there are other times, if you look at the reverse side of that generationally, people in their 40s and 50s are going to have kids going to college. And I mm-hmm. think it would be uh, appropriate to include that in this conversation, this part of our conversation. That can bring the heat to the pressure that is out there for parents. And I've felt it as I send the first one of my four off to college this year. Should I be paying for their college? Should I be helping them? Should I have prepared more uh, long ago? But the reality is you do have to take care of your retirement needs. You have to be able to disconnect and it's hard for a parent to do, but that is their life. That you want to help them if yeah. you can, you want to save if you can, but it is not, I don't believe, my responsibility to support my kid through college. Well, and I think that there's a, a almost this trend these days of, of reaching out and tapping the the pot of money that that is closest yeah. to that yeah. that individual. And oh well, Grandma's got uh, plenty of money. Let me see if she'll uh, finance my college. Well, it's not Grandma's responsibility to finance your college. Now, now, if, now you if she wants to, sure, okay, fine. That, but but yeah. oftentimes we're talking about the difference between existence and non-existence right. for yeah. a grandma. And and if they are dwindling down their savings and their investment 
adjustments and what have you in deference to sending the kid to college, who's got all kinds of options, by the way, for paying for college, not to mention the Arkansas Lottery Scholarship, yeah. other scholarships, uh, student loans, which I'm not a big advocate of. But if you don't have any other choice, a student loan, in my opinion, is more preferable than taking the last dime off grandma's plate yeah. mm-hmm. to go to college on. Well, you know, this the roadblock number two that we're talking about is supporting adult uh, children and grandchildren. And there was a, a another large firm in our industry that did a study that basically said we, Americans are spending twice as much on their young adult children, eighteen yep. to thirty four, than they are their retirement. Mm-hmm. So yeah. five five hundred billion dollars a year compared to $250 billion going into retirement. You know, wow. this is very real. We've had these conversations with our clients who, you know, they've, they've had kids out of the house and everything was fine, and then something happens uh, with the, the child's relationship. You know, maybe they're divorced, they've got young children, or there was, there was a spouse who died. And so they're coming back to live with mom and dad. And so you now have three generations under one roof, and many times that middle generation is not even working. Mm-hmm. And so it winds up being the situation where the grandparents who are retired are now supporting three generations and their retirement was built for one generation, not three. Mm-hmm. And it, and we've seen that also when that first generation passes away, it's very difficult then on that second generation to all of a sudden be on their own. So I would say kick them out of the nest while you can, you know, seriously. I mean, there's a way to do that in a way that it does not crater their life. It's going to be worse if something happens to you and they're still dependent upon you than if you encourage them to get on their own now. So what you're saying, Jen, is when they graduate college and they want to take the two-year travel experience and experience life, then then you say no, right? There's a fine line between love and enabling. You know what? I, so I did. I did backpack through Europe, but I did it after I had a job. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't on mom and dad. Well, and and I think you got to look at the the analogy of of you know what they tell you when you get on the airliner, and they say you know if there's a problem and the mask come down, put yours on first, mm-hmm. and then help the person That's beside right. you. Mm-hmm. You cannot sacrifice your financial future That's to right. try to put a band aid on the financial future of your child or grandchild. You've got to understand that they've got to learn how to walk and live on their own. Yeah, and frankly, you're hurting them long term. I believe it, that you absolutely are. I've told my kids already that look if you have a tough time getting a job after college you will always have a bed to sleep in and a meal to eat but that's it yeah, yeah. that's past yeah. that that that's the yeah. that's the generosity's in right there you've got it you there's got to be a pain point to get yeah, out there, there and does. do it yourself there does i want to circle back for just a minute to college education guys cuz i heard something recently that was so encouraging to me there are uh, large corporations in our country now that are changing their hiring requirements to now not include a college degree and, and that is a tide that we are beginning to mm-hmm. see turn. You know, for so long we have talked about, we believe we're lying to ourselves as a country when we say you have to have a college degree regardless of what you're going to do when you grow up. I've got two kids. One of them wants to be an engineer. One of them wants to be a teacher. Both of those require a piece of paper for that job. And I get that for those careers. But there are a lot of amazing careers that do not require a college degree degree, you can get started on income right out of high school and not have all of that expense. It, it, it can be a game changer for you. Well, when you think about how you really identify, should I spend money here versus here? A, a good line to draw is if you are thinking about using retirement savings, and by that we're talking about uh, money that is in a qualified account like a 401k or an IRA to pay bills. And especially if you're not 59 and a half to do that, that's where you really need to hit the pause button. That is something that can bring the heat in your retirement. We've had a lot of clients who don't want to enter retirement with a mortgage. 
John, and, and that's a great idea, but you have to look at where are you going to take the money to pay off that mortgage. Yeah, you should have been thinking about that 10 or 15 years yeah, prior to, so you it. can go ahead and get ahead of it and get it paid off beforehand. The difficulty, Scott, comes in when you take that lump sum of money out of your retirement account. Let's say that you're past 59 and a half and you don't have to deal with the 10% penalty. I got that. That's that's fine. But let's say that you owe $100,000 on your mortgage and you just want to pay it off and you've got all this money in your retirement account, the logic says, I'm going to take this out of here and pay that off and I won't have that bill anymore and I'll rest easy in retirement. Well, bull, that doesn't happen that way because you got to pull out about $150,000 to pay the tax yeah. uh, and net out $100,000. And so you've got that huge tax bill on top of that. And it really does create havoc when that money is gone and can't create income for you for the rest of your life. So you don't want to tap that retirement savings because of the penalties uh, and obviously the damage it could do to you in the future in your retirement. We're talking about things that can bring the heat to your retirement plans in today's Get Ready for the Future show and some action steps to beat the heat as we enter the dog days of summer in Arkansas. Time for a break. We're back after this. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Education-driven. Strategy-based. Team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. Make the money, don't let the money... Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, Chad Roller, the GenWealth team assembling for our final segment of today's Get Ready for the Future show, bringing you education, encouragement, and motivation for your financial future. Glad to have you along today as we talk about things that could bring the heat to your retirement and how to beat the heat in your retirement. We had some good factors that we talked about in the last segment. And as we dive into this final segment, we're pulling a little bit back to our second segment when we had an, an investment talk or a market talk with Ryan Dietrich from LPL Research. One of our points here is losing some retirement savings because of unsuccessful investments. And when you think about how are you invested as you walk into your retirement, how many times have you heard this? We're 10 years into a bull market and what comes up must come down, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're retiring in the near future, and we would define the near future as five to 10 years, all the way out to 10 years. That may not seem like a near future, but it is when you think about how you are invested. Because you think about, we've had before, not all that long ago, a pretty rough run, a 10-year run in yeah. the market that was pretty ugly. So when you think about how you're invested, are you too aggressive for where you are? So let's say you're 55 years old and you're planning to retire at 65. Take a look at your portfolio and what would happen to that portfolio if we had a really ugly 10-year run in the market and then you are planning at 65 to begin withdrawing some of your retirement savings. Because that's what we're talking about. We build plans every day. Uh, for Arkansans who are going to be selling shares of their investments to provide income to themselves in retirement. And really, the idea here is, is you have to have a plan that controls, John, where you're selling from. Absolutely. And I want to say just for a second, a lot of people talk about this, that they've lost money because of unsuccessful investments. Well, under what time frame? Because if you are in a highly diversified portfolio of investments, then you may have something that doesn't make money or maybe does lose money for a, a relatively short period of time. But, you know, there are obviously some stocks like Enron and WorldCom right. and, and that just disappeared. And so, that you have to first of all think about all right they violated the number one rule of investing which is diversification which is why we say don't have too much money in your own company stock in your 401k plan. Chad, I, that's something that we really gets our attention when we sit down with somebody and they've been in working for one company for a long time and they've got 40 or 50% of their money invested in the company stock because ostensibly they know all about that company and they feel really good about it. Yeah. And, and throughout the accumulation phase, you know, being able to follow that company and grow with that company, that is you know, very beneficial if you're if you're in there and working and you understand what they're doing because we always, you know, encourage clients to understand what they're in. You know, to to get a feel of of understanding of what they're doing with their money and their and where they're at investment wise. But taking on too much risk later on in the ball game when you get closer to retirement, if you're in that one company stock, 
sometimes you can get overweighted and just it's just too much risk for the time time horizon that you have. Now, back to the uh, thing that you were going for, Scott, uh, in your comment is that, yes, you do need to have a buffer, if you will, against selling an investment when it's down in the market. Most of the time, investments are going to rebound as the market rebounds. Rarely do you see these things where a company just disappears or what have you. Right. Uh, and especially a, a highly diversified portfolio is likely not going to do that. You reduce your chances of that greatly. And so if you're properly diversified, the other tactic that you can use is to create a buffer of, of money and time uh, against having to sell that equity investment uh, at a at a poor time in the market. And it's simply uh, what we call the general wealth ready to retire process involves uh, the income for life model. Mm -hmm. And the income for life model creates buckets of money that allow you to create those time buffers between you and your expenses and the equity buckets that may be impaired by a downturn in the market. I think when investors hear, well, how should I diversify more my portfolio? They're trained to think, how much stock should I have? How much equity exposure should I have? That's the diversification. It's an allocation thought right. process, yes. right? It's not necessarily a percentage number. It is not a percentage number when you talk about building this retirement plan through the ready to retire process using the income for life model. It is a when approach. When are you going to need it and how much needs to go in which bucket? And we're talking actual dollars because the volatility of the market is not going to affect money you're going to use for the first 15 years in retirement. So again, back to what I originally said, if you're 10 years out from retirement, it is time to start pulling back the throttle on some of that equity exposure. And we can walk through the uh, ready to retire process with you to get into that more specifically than we can on the radio. If you'd like to set up a, an appointment with the Gen Wealth Advisor, you can do that at any time by calling 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. And if you're writing and you can't write that, uh, riding down the road and you can't write that number down, you can always find it at our website. You can schedule an appointment online as well at getreadyforthefuture.com. Talking about some things that can bring the heat in your retirement and how to beat the heat. Here's an interesting one. Receiving pension benefits that are lower than expected or not getting a pension at all. And hopefully if you're anywhere near retirement, you know whether you're going to get a pension or not. But when you look at pension benefits and they could be lower than expected, that's a very real uh, factor that is happening all across Arkansas right now, especially even in the even in the uh, public sector. John, you're seeing a lot of pensions that have a lot of strain on them and people who are 10 to 15 years out. They may be seeing their pension benefit lowered. Yeah, and uh, this affects uh, future retirees and current retirees. I have a client right now that uh, has a pension. It is a highly impaired pension, meaning that it's in trouble financially, and uh, there is a significant uh, uh, likelihood that he's going to incur like a sixty or seventy percent reduction in his pension benefit. Now, we knew when we began planning that that was going to be likely the case that he would take some cut. And so we have actually dedicated some money in his overall portfolio to be able to step in and provide income when and if that pension does reduce. So pensions are a big part of the floor of income that you have in your retirement if you have a pension. But if you don't have a pension, you need to find a way to floor that income. Another aspect of the pension conversation that really needs to be considered early on is what happens when the person receiving the pension passes away. And if they go first, what type of survivor benefit, if any, is there for the spouse? If it's 100% survivor, okay, we're, we're probably pretty good. But keep in mind that not only are they going to lose part of the pension, but they're also going to lose a Social Security check. But So let's say somebody has a $3,000 pension check and $2,000 coming in from Social Security, that is a $5,000 a month difference to that household when that person passes away. That is it is more significant than I can begin to explain to you. You have to plan for those things ahead of time, Chad. Yeah, because it takes a lot of assets in order to yeah. replace that same type of floor income, guaranteed income that we're talking about when you're talking about a pension and, and Social Security. So to go from having that monthly guaranteed check to go into no check, you've got to have a significant amount of assets to yeah. replace that amount of 
Well, the the big uh, insult that follows the injury of losing a spouse is the fact that you wake up one day and you realize that your Social Security income has been cut. Yeah. uh, And it's been cut because the smaller Social Security check effectively goes away. Now, there's a calculation that uh, uh, our Social Security expert will tell you that that's not exactly what happens. But but, the math, the the ending end resulting math is the same. Yeah. So you lose that smaller income from that, that lower Social Security check. And if you didn't have a pension... And now uh, a good chunk of your guaranteed income is gone, then you've got to think about that. And a lot of people don't think about that. They don't think that we need to be more prepared to be alone in retirement because that is likely to happen. We got time for one more here, one more factor that can bring the heat to your retirement, and that's experiencing a job loss. You know, when you think about it, one of the questions we're going to ask you as you come in to meet with an advisor here at GenWealth is, is when do you want to retire? Because we have to know when the income needs to start. And you have an idea. The most common uh, answer to that question is usually 65 when we're talking about our retirement dreams, but sometimes it may be later than that. But what happens if you're forced to retire earlier than that, Chad, because of a job loss. So that's when the plan really gets put to the test, but you are certainly glad that you have it. It does, because what happens, Scott, is now you are, a lot of times we're seeing a lot of buyouts now, Mm -hmm. right? You you know, we're seeing some, you know, maybe a one-time salary or, or some type of package to say, hey, a little early retirement. But early retirement for that client may be crucial because now you got to start looking at taking social security early. Mm -hmm. And so now we got to take a reduced benefit. And then also we got to look at the healthcare cost. Mm -hmm. So yes, that buyout package or that, that termination sometimes, unfortunately can cause a snowball effect in reduced social security benefits, as well as trying to make it to age 65 before Medicare kicks in. Let me let me go on just a real quick rant about this. If you don't think age discrimination happens, you're wrong. It does. Uh, people are getting kicked out of jobs uh, in deference to hiring somebody that's younger and works for less. And that happens in your 50s and, and maybe even approaching your early 60s. And let me just say to folks out there that may be facing that, it is absolutely imperative that you look at finding a new job as opposed to relying on your retirement resources. Because even if you've got plenty of money in there for retirement, by the, just the fact that you're going to tap it early puts an mm-hmm. incredible strain on the ability of that portfolio to last your lifetime. And you've got to think about that very seriously because a lot of people go, well, you know, I think I'll just retire and I'll live on my money and I got a lot of money over here and we'll see what happens. And that's just not a strategy. That's just not a plan. And I've seen it happen over and over again with folks that lost a job at an inopportune time. I feel like, Scott, this is kind of a little he, – he went on this rant a little bit personal. I feel like he maybe we, – we're putting the pressure on him here. You guys that, are trying to run me out the door. You still got today, John. Yeah, yeah we're going to let you stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> we have run out of time. This was a fast pace to get ready for the future show, talking about Beat the Heat. If you missed any of it, check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you'd like to schedule an appointment to begin walking through the ready-to-retire process, you can call us at 501-653-7355 or go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com to schedule an appointment with a GenWealth advisor today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. Thank you.